This week on the EW360 Podcast, my guest is James Smith, Managing Director at Independent Media Agency, The Kite Factory. James and I discuss his leadership journey, inclusivity and purpose for clients and audiences alike, and the heart, art, and science of media planning and buying. I hope you enjoy this episode. James Smith, welcome to the AW360 Podcast. Glad to have you on today. Thank you for having me. So you are Managing Director of The Kite Factory. Tell me a little bit about The Kite Factory and what you guys do there. So The Kite Factory is a London-based media agency um, that focuses on media planning and buying. Um, but what our sort of real emphasis on is performance media. Um, so anything that we do, any investment we make in media, uh, is all tied back to actually what that delivers in terms of business outcomes. So making sure that the clients can see a tangible return on what they invest with us. Excellent. And according to your bio, and I find this just amazing. Okay. You had the quickest path to managing director that I think I've ever seen. So you started at the Kite Factory in 2011. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. It was, uh, I celebrated my 11th anniversary yesterday. You took over as MD in 2020? Yeah, April 2020, I think. After yeah, started in 2011 as a as a, an exec or a grad at the time, straight out of university. Okay, now assuming because I look at April 2020, and naturally I think of hmm, that's right around the time that COVID started. But assuming that didn't factor in here, how did you fast track from where you started to MD in that short span of time? I guess one of the things I sort of learned really quickly going into the world of work, having pretty much come straight out of university, was I joined an agency of 25 people. Uh, at that time, it was known as Mike Collin and Company after the founder. And I remember sitting across from um, one of my colleagues and thinking, wow, these people are smart. If I can be half as good as them, I'll, uh, I'll do really well or I'll be really good. Um, so I kind of went into it with a bit of a sort of underdog mentality and was constantly striving to kind of be as good as those people around me. So I think I've, I've always I think I've carried that mentality through. Uh, all the way and there's been there's been several instances of luck as well but um kind of that's where i i just realized that actually there's some really smart people in this industry and if i can learn from them then uh, i've got a good chance sounds like that mission was accomplished then yeah so the uh, <laughs> apart from the there are a few lucky breaks where i sort of i had bosses depart and uh, i think the agency sort of thought let's give james a chance and i kind of always relished the opportunity to jump in the deep end and take on more responsibility um so that was really where i kind of I learned that I was actually probably best when I was put under pressure. Uh, and actually, as I grew in confidence, um, and I realized that actually a lot of what we do is it's kind of in whether we pitch, whether we present, a lot of it's a performance. Um, and having had some of my background when I was growing up was kind of in, in theater and things like that. I think that really helped me kind of come out of myself and realize I was, um, I was as good as I wanted to be sometimes. And, and what sort of challenges did you find along the way? And then, you know, subsequently after you became managing director, um, I think firstly, one of the challenges is kind of, I was relatively young at the time when I was promoted sort of through to a senior account director and then client service director. And I was managing a lot of people that were older than me. Uh, I think some people do find that difficult. And I think, again, that was another opportunity for me to, I had to prove I was, I was good and hadn't just been put in that position because it looked good for the agency, for example. Um, so again, I think it was about inspiring the confidence of those around me especially when they were older and been in the industry for a lot longer than I had that actually I knew what I was talking about because I'd never wanted to be one of those managers that sort of uh, leads by a dictatorship it was very much like actually I'm I'll give you autonomy to do what you think's right and sort of go go for what you think's right and actually if it goes wrong then uh, we'll move forward together and we'll learn from that well one of the uh, mantras that the kite factory has that I've noticed that I find particularly refreshing but also a little bit unusual for the industry, you know, particularly in the media planning and buying side 
is that of heart, art, and science. What can you tell me about that, particularly the heart part? So I think that really comes from like when you, it's one of the other difficulties I had like growing up in the businesses, it's a bit like sort of sitting inside a car and never seeing what it looks like from the outside in. Uh, and it's, it was like, we were very, very good at like talking about ourselves internally. Our clients really enjoyed working with us and knew we did good work. But for anyone outside of that and anyone in other agencies, we very much went under the radar. So what we realized when we rebranded in, that was April 2019 to the Kite Factory was that at the heart of what we do is our people. Um, and that's where the heart comes from because if our clients like working with our people and they know they can be trusted and will produce good work, um, that's really kind of um, the epitome of what we kind of strive to achieve because actually in media, uh, a lot of what happens, whether it's planning and buying and the pricing, it's kind of, it's all the same a lot of the time. So actually, how do you create a point of difference? And I think that's where we really, it comes through our people. And the art and science parts, particularly as it relates to performance, everything is dictated by performance and the success that you see, or, you know, in some cases, maybe, maybe a client wouldn't see, where does the art and science come in? Absolutely. So I think obviously the heart is where it starts and that's kind of understanding the brief from the client. Um, we work with lots of not-for-profit clients, so it's really important that we think about where we invest their money uh, to get them the best return. Um, and the art comes from really uncovering the insight that gets us to the media strategy. Uh, and that's the, the skills we've learned through kind of um, through some of the things we learned through our training and development program, but also looking at what others do really well. So uncovering the insight that really gets us to the, uh, the media plan that helps deliver the performance that our clients are asking for. And what kind of challenges do you see down the road? And this is kind of a question that I ask almost everybody, but for you in particular, you know, you're younger and, you know, it's, it's a lot of experience to have in a short span of time. Do you think you're better equipped to handle a lot of the challenges to come and what might those be? I think it's where we're, we're trying to get ahead of the curve. I think we've, I'm just constantly looking at the agency and thinking actually how do we make sure we're ahead of the ahead of the curve especially with the challenges people are facing with attribution and understanding customer journeys to get to the final conversion point of sale a lot of the time and no longer is it kind of someone will look at an instagram ad instagram ad and then click through and then purchase straight away there are probably about 14 15 16 different touch points with a brand before they go on to purchase so if we can kind of find that silver bullet of measurements and attribution that allows us to look at those journeys and understand how channels into play with each other before actually someone goes on to um to convert then i think we'll stand a good chance of being ahead of the curve because with cookies um looking to come off the uh, yeah off the radar in the next couple of years i think we're going to have to find other solutions uh, and that's why we've built our sort of our flight deck platform which is our dashboarding solution that allows clients to see kind of um the performance of their media across different channels and across different touch points at the same time one of the things I find fascinating about this industry right now, particularly with the death of the cookie or the eventual death of the cookie, I suppose as is, is it is, because it feels like the cookie has been dying forever at this point, is what sort of mechanisms do you have in place or do you see will be in place to replace it? So we're looking at the moment at sort of actually some of our attribution modeling is looking a lot further outside from that sort of linear point of view where people did used to look. Um, we've got tools and things we implement on a more short term basis. Um, but we're developing sort of a mid-funnel measurement um, that allows us to see kind of actually what the interplay between a lot of the conversion happens online. And that's it used to be fairly straightforward to understand that journey. Uh, but actually, if someone started off their journey by seeing an outdoor ad, for example, or seeing a TV ad that wasn't a direct response ad with a phone number on, for example, it's actually how does that then interplay with the people that go online as their second screening? So that's where we're looking at this mid-funnel. So it's not as far as econometrics 
or sort of marketing mixed modeling, um, but it actually looks at how some of the softer metrics are affected by, so say for example, um, click-through rates on search or conversion rate on site. Often you'll see an uplift in those when you have sort of the above the line or offline channels working at the same time. So that's where we're we're really trying to look at because I think if you constantly focus on digital for too long with a client, whilst it's brilliant to grow them in the first instance, you do hit diminishing returns quite quickly. Well, you guys have an amazing client list and are doing some amazing work there. What can people find out more about the Kite Factory? I think the best thing to do is kind of, well, it depends. We, we work with clients that we want to work with because that's how we get the best out of our people and that's where our heart comes from. Um, but if sort of if it was a client that's looking uh, to grow and scale their business, um, we work a lot with test and learn clients. We'll never turn down a client for having too small a budget because actually the growth for us uh, comes from growing our clients. Um, and that's where we'll often invest money up front because we believe we can grow the client. And therefore, in two to three years time, we'll actually we'll see a return on investment. And I think clients that want to work with us like that. Um, are ideal because actually that's where we really kind of get under the skin of their business and if we can understand the business as well as they do then we'll do a good job but if we kept arm's length we find it really difficult excellent well james smith i appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today this has been amazing Uh, thanks richard really enjoyed it thanks for listening for more content like this or to find out about advertising week's world-leading events for the advertising marketing and technology industries visit www.advertisingweek.com or follow us on your favorite social media platforms.